Our scripture from Ephesians chapter 4, the first six verses. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This is the word of God for all of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yes, today we are observing World Communion Sunday along with Christians all around the world. Since 1930-ish, which is about, well, almost 100 years ago, the Christian church has been doing this, and it kind of is growing, it's growing, as we join with Christians in different parts of the world. You know, the Christian faith is just rapidly exploding on the continent of Africa and in other parts of the world as well. And so as a Christian body, we are growing worldwide, thank goodness. We might ask, well, why have a World Communion Sunday? What's the point? Well, I did a little reading this week to check that out. And I found this quote about the purpose of World Communion Day. And let me share it with you. It's a day to remember that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. I've known individuals that thought they were the head of the church, of a particular church. <laughs> I had a fellow once uh, said to us, when y'all go on to your next appointment, I'll stay here and run this church. I thought, okay. Anyway, it's a day to remember that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, the holy universal church, and that every Christian church and any denomination that promotes Christian unity are one. Christ is the head of the church. Now, in our system, like in a lot of other systems, we have a hierarchy and we have bishops. But I love to say that our bishop is an ordained elder just like me. And we elect our bishops for administrative functions. Now, we respect our bishops, but uh, uh, they are uh, elders in the life of the church, just like I'm an ordained elder. One, uh, one bishop used to talk about his mother said, uh, to him, after he got elected bishop and he was feeling awful pompous, she said, uh, you sold your diapers just like anybody else. So she had a way of bringing him down to earth. But I respect our bishops, but certainly uh, they have an administrative function. They're respected. But, and also, we know that the head is Jesus Christ. At one point back some years ago, our denomination was going to elect one bishop out of all the bishops to kind of be the chief bishop and uh, to do administrative things for all of them. 
But that was voted down because, no, we didn't want just one person, one titular head of the church, and what message that might send. So indeed, Christ is the head. We're celebrating unity today. This day teaches that despite cultural differences, traditions, denominations, there is that power of unity and oneness that is so special. Ephesians 4, our scripture tells us, there is one body, there is one spirit, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. We sang it in the opening hymn, and we find it right there in the scripture from which that hymn got it. We don't worship different gods. There isn't a Baptist God, and a Methodist God, and a Pentecostal God. I don't no, there's one Lord, one God of all. And that's what we're here to celebrate today under the umbrella of the head of the church Christ. We are one. We're also celebrating that unity doesn't mean that we agree on everything. I won't take a poll here, but I doubt all of us would agree on totally agree on anything maybe other than Jesus Christ is Lord and that's what unity is all about we don't have it doesn't mean everybody think just the same it just doesn't work that way we have different ways of worshiping we have different forms of structure of how we govern ourselves we deploy our clergy in different ways we have uh, some churches have seven sacraments, some have three sacraments. We have as United Methodists, Holy Communion and Holy Baptism. Uh, but it doesn't mean anybody else is wrong. It's just that's kind of the way we do it. So being one doesn't mean agreeing on everything, thank goodness. That's, I don't think, really possible. We have a United States of America, don't we? One government. And we all believe in the basic constitution and the democratic process, but we have opinions way over here and way over there and a lot in the middle. It's all over the place, and yet we have one United States. We are united by our constitution. Now, this verse three that I read, making every effort every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit. I get the impression that it's clear unity doesn't just happen. We have to work at it. Having relationship with people who think differently than I think is tough. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be able to find that unity of the Spirit. But it takes effort for us to do that. And when we find we're under the head of Jesus Christ, uh, we are asked to come together in unity of spirit. I've uh, I played some tennis in my day. Uh, wasn't much better at that than I am at golf, even though I birdied a hole this week. Uh, still, I played some tennis and I've watched professional tennis. Roger Federer, one of the really named people in professional tennis, has retired. 
And a couple of weeks ago, within the last two weeks, in the Labor Cup, he played in the Labor, Labor, Labor? Yeah, Labor Cup. I don't know why I wanted to say something else. And uh, in uh, his last match or so, he was partnered with Rafael Nadal. And if you know anything about tennis, you know they always competed against each other. Fiercely, they were going at it on the tennis court, tooth and nail. Many times it would be a five-setter down to the final stroke. But that last match, they were partnered together for a doubles match, which they lost. But still, here Nadal and here Federer, uh, we have a Swiss and a Spaniard and, and competitors playing together. And then uh, Federer got quite emotional at the end of that as they were recognizing his career. And the stories tell us that Nadal got pretty emotional too. It's like, whoa, I thought they were competitors. What's the deal? Well, they had a mutual respect for each other. They had a, a unity for the sport of tennis and how important that was. They fiercely competed. They probably think differently. They're from different countries, but there was an overarching unity for the sport. What a marvelous, marvelous example. Well, today we come to share in a common meal. One Lord, the sacrifice, one sacrifice for all of us, not just for the Methodists or the Catholics, or anybody else, one Lord, one sacrifice for us all. I, I love the prayer that Marcus will offer in just a moment, which toward the end of the service says, by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. As we are unified, we see Christ, as the choir beautifully sang, out into the world, being his hands and his feet. It is World Communion Sunday. Let us acknowledge and celebrate other Christian communities. Lord knows there's enough work to do in the world. We can't all do it separately, but together we can do so much more. One bread, one body, one Lord of all, one cup of blessing which we bless, and we, though many, throughout the world, we are one body in his one blood. Lord, thank you for this time that we can celebrate. You are the head of our church, of every church, of the Christian faith. And when we get too divisive and too stuck in our own ways or too opinionated not to hear somebody else, help us realize that it's what you think that's most important. You're our head. You're our leader. It's your messages in Scripture, your parables, your healing stories, your power to reach out to those different that shows us the way. 
Keep us one in your body. Amen.